You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Training camp battles. What's going on, everybody? Nick Filato, a big blue view here on the Chris and Nick show, joined by Chris Flum to break down training camp, which starts next week. We're really excited about it. And on this podcast, we wanted to go over the training camp battles, the most important battles on the offensive side of the football. Chris, how you doing, my friend? Yeah, I'm doing well. You know, I'm kind of well-rested. I took a little weekend getaway, visited some friends, saw an absolutely kick-ass concert. So uh, I'm getting in the mood for training camp. I have to ask, what concert? Oh, it was uh, Lilith Czar, The Warning, The Pretty Reckless, and Hailstorm at Pier 6 Pavilion down in Baltimore. It was an amazing show. Best concert I've ever seen. They played from 6 p.m. all the way to 11 when the basically noise ordinance ended the concert. So it was great. All of those bands could come right here phoenix arizona into my room slap me in the face and i would have no clue who they are i don't know it might be out of touch chris but I, i'm not sure <laughs> you know what when we get when we get done here I'll, I'll send you some links sounds good all right let's roll into some of the more interesting training camp battles and i've said this on previous podcasts this year i feel like and there's a new regime so it's not unreasonable to think this way but this year there are so many interesting battles and so many players that are on the fringe of the roster where I think their performance in training camp will dictate if they're on an NFL roster or if they find themselves out of a job and a free agent. And if you look on the offense and the defense, but we're going to focus on the offense on this podcast, I think the name that jumps out at us, it's a very productive name since 2019. That's Darius Slayton. I think he's the first player we should focus on. And then we can kind of expand to the wide receiver room. The end of the day, I, I think Darius Slayton needs an incredibly, incredibly good camp and maybe some injury misfortune from other wide receivers for him to crack this roster because he's looking at being, what, the fifth wide receiver who doesn't offer anything on special teams. We know he can be a good receiver, but his last two seasons have been wildly inefficient. What are your opinions on Darius Slayton? Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think he needs a strong offseason or a strong training camp, a strong preseason he needs to be consistent, which is a thing he really hasn't been, even going back to his time at Auburn. You know, he's got good size. He's really fast. He's really explosive, but he's not a natural separator. He needs to show that he can use his routes as a weapon as well as his legs. And I think he's going to be basically in direct competition with guys like CJ Board, Richie James, Keelan Doss, guys who they might not offer the same skill set, but they offer a useful skill set that we have seen the Giants show that they want on their roster, and they show upside on special teams. And it's that $2.5 I believe it is, too, Chris, that the Giants can save if they release 
Darius Slayton. And I like Darius Slayton. He's 25 years old. If he gets released, I believe he'll latch on to another roster, have a chance to crack it. I'm just not 100% certain if he's going to be afforded that chance at the end of training camp. I think he just needs a great training camp. But Chris, other than Darius Slayton, who I would say is by far and away probably one of the more interesting players on offense when we look at it through this lens, what other players jump out at you as possible cuts or just excellent camp battles between a position group? Yeah, I'm looking at the right tackle or maybe offensive tackle position. And Matt Paert, it wasn't that long ago. He was a third round pick. He has all of the physical tools you want from a measurable perspective for an offensive tackle. He's tall. He's got long arms, super long arms, really good movement skills. It's just that he has either been injured or kind of trapped behind Nate Solder, and when he's had the chance to get on the field, it just hasn't gone well for him. Where, you know, in particular, last year, last preseason, when he just kind of got embarrassed by the Jets' second and third string defense, I think he is in real danger of being cut, even though you need backup tackles. But he was a previous regime's pick. He has struggled when he's on the field. So the Giants brought in McEnoe. They've got Corey Cunningham. They've got Joshua Zudu, who can back up multiple spots. So I I think Matt Parrott is going to be in a an absolute battle for his professional life as it is. And he's coming off of a torn ACL that he suffered at the end of December, which is really hard to overcome, despite the fact that he's 25 years old. And you're right, Chris, this is somebody who's six foot seven. He's north of 300 pounds, and he has very, very light feet. He can cover a lot of ground, has a ton of range. You need him to vertical set, he can do that. You need him to kick out to cut off the angle of the wide nine, he could do that from an athletic standpoint. From a technical standpoint, I always felt like Matt Parrott struggled with that. How many times did we see Matt Parrott allow wide rushers into that outside shoulder and he and he wouldn't activate his hands he wouldn't sufficiently cut the angle off despite the fact that he has the athletic ability to do so it's like he's thinking way too much it's not all that natural for him and this is somebody who had 24 pressures in his career surrendered six sacks that's in 356 pass block blocking reps that's not great but it's also not horrendously bad like we've seen with other tackles around the league but there are times where he was just a straight liability the one that really comes to my mind was his rookie season against Baltimore where Wink Martindale was just dialing up several pressures to the right side and it was three plays and like three sacks like right in a row against Daniel Jones it was an unfortunate thing for Matt Parrott to experience but we didn't see a lot last year and the fact that he couldn't kick out old Nate Solder, who didn't play the year prior, the fact that he couldn't really seize and win that job speaks a lot to Matt Pair about Matt Pair and just, I guess, where he was last season. Can he overcome that? I don't know. With the injury coupled with that mentality, it, it might be a little bit difficult. And I do believe there's going to be a, several offensive linemen who might not make this team who are good enough to stick on other teams, which Chris, we would have never thought that last season. Right? <laughs> like, I mean, guys like Jamil Douglas, guys like Max Garcia, are they going to make this squad? Like, there are a lot of players on this offensive line we could look at and say they need a good camp to make the squad. It's very competitive. Yeah, or at the very least, very densely populated. Yeah, I think densely populated is probably a, a good way to put it. But I even think an addition like Matt Gano, 
I think that's somebody who will be your swing tackle along with Joshua Azudu, depending on how you want to use the skill set of Azudu. We saw him play left tackle in Andrew Thomas's stead during minicamp and OTAs. But is this guy going to eventually win the left guard spot? I think that's a whole conversation. But I like the fact that they added Gano because we don't know what we're getting from Parrot from a health or from a skill set standpoint. And then you add Devery Hamilton and Corey Cunningham into this equation along with Roy. Uh, Roy M, I'll just go with that, a player <laughs> from the international portal. So I find this offensive line room very fascinating. And I think a lot of camp battles will consist of those players that I just named. But to focus on the interior parts of the line, you have John Feliciano, who is the projected starter at center. You have Max Garcia, who also played center for the Cardinals last year. Nick Gates is injured currently. And then Ben Bredesen is getting cross-trained at center. I think Garcia... Bredesen and Jamil Douglas will be in direct competition for roster spots here. And you could also throw Josh Revis and Marcus McKethan into this equation. But McKethan, I don't know if you want to attempt to squeeze him onto the practice squad. You spent a fifth round pick on him. I think he's a very interesting player that we're going to have to monitor throughout training camp. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels. But now the only thing you're missing is you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I think another camp battle, which actually wasn't exactly on my radar until this morning when Daniel Bellinger was placed on the PUP list with a quad injury, is at the tight end position. Yeah, the Giants have a bunch of tight ends on the roster outside of Bellinger. They've got Ricky Seals Jones, they've got Jordan Akins, they've got Chris Myrick, Austin Allen, Andre Miller, and also kind of sort of Jeremiah Hall. He's listed as a tight end. Um, I think he would figure into the running back battle as much as the tight end battle. That's something else we could talk about. Yeah, I don't see the Giants keeping more than three tight ends, especially with Bellinger running with the ones a lot, and Ricky Seals-Jones not really being a an 11 personnel tight end, unless you don't care if your tight end blocks or not. So I'm kind of looking at the Chris Myrick, Jordan Aikens camp battle with also Austin Allen, Andre Miller, and kind of sort of maybe Jeremiah Hall. I'm very interested to see how all of those, how that whole group of players shakes out. So we have to acknowledge Bellinger can be activated off the PUP at any time from now for the end of the season. I think they put him on there so they can bring more guys onto the roster. And I'm, I don't know the extent of his injury, but If Daniel Bellinger gets activated, say, in a week or two, I would imagine that one of the more 
fun camp battles to monitor would be all the tight ends behind Daniel Bellinger. Now, I believe Ricky Seals-Jones, Jordan Aikens have an inside track on this roster, but if Austin Allen and Chris Myrick can really prove themselves, I wouldn't be shocked if they made the roster over one of those vets. I think one of those vets are secured. They're definitely going to make the team, whether that's Aikens or Seals-Jones. I'm not really 100% sure. That might come down to a good training camp. However, I'm not fully certain that both of them will make the team. I think it can happen, but... A bad camp here, you know, a little nagging injury there. Austin Allen, if he comes up, he could seize that opportunity, and then you get this six foot nine tight end who could possibly make your team. I think he's ultimately destined for the practice squad, Austin Allen, but crazier things have happened. Yeah, certainly. And the tight end position really is one where guys can seemingly come out of nowhere to become contributors. In fact, some of the most memorable tight ends in the Giants recent history have been guys who were not highly drafted guys like Kevin Boss or Bear Pasco who you know fifth round pick an undrafted free agent and yet they were major contributors so it, it that will definitely be an interesting position to keep an eye on now i think we've talked about all, all the other skill positions so uh what's your take on the on the running back situation I think Saquon Barkley, Matt Breida, you can kind of cement them in to the to the lineup. And Matt Breida, maybe not you know 100%, but I would say about 95% Matt Breida is going to make this team. It's not that deep here. I think Deshaun Corbin, Gary Brightwell, Antonio Williams, and throw Sandro Platzgummer into that equation. Those guys are going to be fiercely battling for one, possibly two spots. I think it will depend on the special team's ability of the back-end guy, whoever that fourth guy will be. Jeremiah Hall, we mentioned him a little bit before. He is an H-back, full-back type. I think his type of skill set and body type could be used by Mike Kafka and Brian Dable, which which makes him a really interesting type of player because he can, you know, wear several different hats for you, despite the fact that he's not, you know, six foot five. He's like six foot, six foot one. He's not that big of a guy. But in terms of just pure running backs, Antonio Williams, Deshaun Corbin, and Gary Brightwell, one of those guys is going to make this team. And I think it's probably going to come down to training camp. None of these guys were draft picks by this Giants team. Antonio Williams comes over from the Buffalo Bills, did not have a lot of experience playing within that offense, but was there, so he understands the offense. Corbin was a UDFA, and Gary Brightwell was a six-round pick last year that we didn't really see too much of. So that's a really interesting battle as well. And I'm wondering I, I'm wondering how the Giants are going to employ the running back this year. You have Saquon Barkley. He's on the last year of his deal. Do you just give this guy so much, even though he's had this in, these injury issues? Or are we going to see, you know, a little bit of like a a 60-40 type of split? Like, what do you think there? No, I think we could go either way. Yeah, The running back position really didn't figure all that heavily into either the Kansas City or Buffalo offenses. They both really got the most out of interchangeable parts at the running back position. But also, neither team had a running back with the ceiling of Saquon Barkley. So would they have made more use of a Barkley-like player if they had access to him? I, I don't know. I don't think there's any way we can know that. I think Barkley will see a lot of touches. I don't know if they'll all be handoffs. We've gotten a, reports of him splitting out, going to the slot, playing even out wide quite a bit. I think we could see him running a lot of wheel routes, a lot of Texas or angle routes. 
running a lot of routes out of the slot and the Giants trying to get him the ball in space where he can use his athleticism without the entire defense keying on him. I don't know that they're going to ride him until he breaks, but if they're not planning on signing him next year, why not get him touches, use him as much as you can, and maybe build up that that value on the free market and get a good compensatory pick if he signs a big deal with, say, uh, oh, Pete Carroll and the Seahawks because it's Pete Carroll. <laughs> <laughs> Pete Carroll would love someone like Saquon Barkley. I, I believe the Giants should use Saquon Barkley about as much as they feasibly can. I don't think they should be reckless with it, you know, giving him 30 carries or anything like that. But I think he should be on the field a lot because he is one of your more interesting and probably, ex- well, definitely your most explosive playmaker. I don't even know if it's definite, actually, because you look at Kadarius Tony and Wandell Robinson. But I have two more questions before we head out of here, Chris. One, do you think the Giants carry three quarterbacks? You know, Ed actually made a very good point when he was talking about Davis Webb the in his roster projection. It seems unlikely that Joe Shane and Brian Dayball basically talked Davis Webb out of retirement and out of a career change to coaching for him to be on the practice squad. Yeah, I think he is going to get every opportunity to make this roster. And I think they like him. I think it's hard for any coach to not like Davis Webb just because he really is kind of a coach at heart. He is an absolute film rat, also a gym rat, a workaholic. And I think he will be an asset to this team in helping get Daniel Jones and Tyrod Taylor prepared and always being prepared himself to step on the field if necessary. Yeah, so I I think Ed made an excellent point with Davis Webb, and I think he's right. Now, I know the Giants signed Shea Tierney, who was the assistant quarterback's coach for the Buffalo Bills. He took over Jerry Shaplinski's job as a quarterback coach, but I still think they might carry Davis Webb. You have two quarterbacks who are somewhat injury-prone. Daniel Jones has been hurt every season that he has been a starting quarterback here. He's been hurt every year he's been in the NFL. Tyrod Taylor, he gets dinged up. Maybe having Davis Webb to as insurance while also really understanding this offense to teach a younger quarterback in Daniel Jones who's had a lot of turnover there are elements of that that make sense it's just do you sacrifice that that extra roster spot in on a team that has a lot of players who you might want to try to retain to see what they can offer you down the stretch of the season I think that comes that comes a really interesting debate you know and I'm, I'm excited to see what exactly happens there but before we get out of here Chris I know we started with the wide receivers We're going to circle back to the wide receivers because there are a ton of wide receivers here who are on the fringe. CJ Board, Richie James, Darius Slayton, we brought those names up. But guys like Colin Johnson, who showed a little bit last year, right? David Sills, who everybody seems to love all the time. Keelan Doss, Travis Toivainen, Austin Prohl, Robert Foster, Alex Bachman. A lot of the players I just named are not projected to make the roster. If you had to choose one, who do you think will make the roster And why would that happen? I'm kind of torn between Colin Johnson and David Sills. I I like Alex Bachman. I think Austin Prohl is a very interesting player. I think he could make a lot of surprising highlight reel plays, especially backing up kind of Kadarius Toney and Wandale Robinson. 
But Colin Johnson and David Sills, they've got the size to be direct one-to-one backups for Kenny Galladay. And I think the Giants have a plan for how to use Galladay. Even if he isn't the first read on every play, I think they're going to make a heavy, heavy enough use of receiving concepts to use Galladay's size to create space for other receivers to catch and run where they're going to want those traits and that skill set available, even if Galladay gets hurt. So I think one of those guys might be a surprise wide receiver five. Yeah, I think that's probably the interesting way we can go here when you look at just replacing if Kenny Galladay gets hurt. Because you have Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Tony, Sterling Shepard. All three of those guys have had injury issues. At least last year, Darius Tony was his only year in the NFL. Then you have two special teamers in CJ Board, Richie James, and a rookie in Wondell Robinson. So I don't think it's unreasonable to imagine that one of those guys that we listed before could have a possibility of making the roster. And this is one of the many reasons why training camp is going to be so much fun. Chris, you have anything else on the offensive training camp battles? Not off the top of my head. I think we've done a pretty good job digging into each and every one of the real battles that we're likely to see. I mean, I, I think a, a quarterback battle would be very fun, but I don't think that's going to happen. Jeez, could you imagine? What would Daniel Jones have to do to force that? You know, Or Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor could ball out of his mind. That Entirely possible. I, 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 for one, would just like to see the media scrum if the Giants have Davis Webb running with the ones one day and Tyrod Taylor running with the ones the other day. That the local beat writers would be absolutely losing their mind. It would be great. It would be amazing. But we'll see what happens. Anyways, training camp starts next week. Please head on over to BigBlueView.com and check out all of our written content. This is the Chris and Nick Show here on Big Blue View Radio. Please subscribe, comment, like, head on over to our YouTube. It's just Big Blue View. We have videos cranking out. We're going to keep that up throughout the season. Thank you so much for listening and take care of each other. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on mom? No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.